Hey guys, welcome to FFB Unwrapped with Perry Aston and Adam Stark. How you guys doing today? Welcome to episode six, week five. Adam, how you doing? Good, man. Just great to be here. Another episode. Yeah, we got a lot of stuff going on today. Crazy week in the NFL, just like all of them have been this year. Just so much offense. I'm loving this right now. Before we get into this, we have a lot of cool subjects we want to get into. Kareem Hunt signed Chiefs hat giveaway that we are doing. We're giving that out before the Chiefs vs. Rams game. They're actually playing from Mexico City. We're giving that out next month on the 19th. You need to be following our Twitter page at FFB Unwrapped and Adam's Twitter page at EverydayFFB for a chance to win. Make sure to retweet the tweet as well to all of your followers. Sign Kareem Hunt Chiefs hat, especially after that game-winning touchdown last night on Monday Night Football. Perfect timing for this giveaway. But before we jump in, let's remind you guys to listen to our podcast on podcast.com or the Apple Podcast app. If you're on there, leave us a review and rating. It is much appreciated. Suspensions, Le'Veon Bell. Let's talk Julian Edelman, the first person on our suspension list who's returning, who I would consider fantasy relevant. Uh, Edelman and Ingram, I would say, are the two that are highlighting it. Other than that, it's a lot of defensive players. Let's start with Edelman. What do you think is going to happen now with him coming back in New England? We have Josh Gordon there. Of course, they have Gronk and so many other weapons that they're using. It's such a plentiful offense. But Edelman had 159 targets last year. That's a career high. 98 receptions, 1,100 yards, another career high, and three touchdowns. He also rushed the ball 12 times for 57 yards. From a fantasy standpoint, he's got the ball in his hands a lot. They're having him rush 12 times, so almost once a game. Set career highs in a lot of different accolades last year. So what do you think about Edelman's fit coming back? Do you think he's going to have an extremely down year, or do you think he's going to pick up exactly where he left off? I think he's actually going to pick up. I think Josh Gordon coming in is going to definitely give him some space and opportunities to solo himself out and maybe not be double teamed or have another person keep an eye on him. I think Tom Brady's going to benefit the most off of it just because it's another weapon for him and anything that can make Brady better at this age will... Yeah, and I mean, with the running game there, this is the first time in New England that I think you finally had a clear picture of how this running back group is going moving forward due to all the injuries. Sony Michelle is getting the volume. He hasn't been as productive as a lot of fantasy owners have hoped throughout the year so far, but he's going to get the touches. And now with Edelman there, of course, James White out of the backfield is a receiver, and they do a very good job involving him in the offense. I'm just scared that this is going to be too many pieces there for fantasy. For Tom Brady and for the Patriots, this is amazing. They need him to come back, and this is a piece that makes this team work a little bit different. And you know that Brady needs his Edelman or his Wes Welker, you know, that guy that he has as his go-to, even though he's got a Gronk. He always has that little slot receiver that he really likes. I'm worried that he's not going to put up the same kind of volume because of the fact that Josh Gordon's there, and it's going to help him some games. But you're also forgetting, you know, Hogan, Cordell Patterson, you know, Dorsett, so many guys that are there that they're still going to try and get involved. I'm worried that he's not going to be worth it to start on a week-to-week basis, and it's really going to see how injuries play out and really how this role carves itself out for Edelman after the first week or two of him returning. This week, I'm not very high on him for all the reasons I just said. I'm still waiting to see Josh Gordon get into the offense and him get thrusted in there, let alone Edelman as well. I'm really trying to kind of put off for a week or two and kind of see how this plays out. Do you agree? 
I definitely think it makes Philip Dorsett not that valuable anymore. I agree. He's more of a guy to be on the waiver wire. There's not type. one week I want to start Patterson or Dorsett or anything now with all these guys back, unless you're extremely thin at wide receiver. Those are guys that aren't going to have a ton of opportunities. I 100% agree, man. So let's talk Mark Ingram. You know, that's a guy that I think people are forgetting how dominant he was last year. He set all career highs, 230 rushing attempts, 1,124 yards, 12 touchdowns. He also had 71 targets and 58 receptions. Like I said, all career highs. He was extremely dominant. Top five fantasy running back last year. Kamara is doing amazing things. Just like he was last year, he's picked it up again this year. But is this too much going on for Ingram to come back? Or is it going to fit exactly like it was last year? Because every time I think, wow, Kamara's taken that next step, I think they've given him a little bit more of the reins. They're going to bring Ingram in in a little bit of a different role. And in my head, I think they just did this last year. It worked to perfection. They both were scoring the ball like crazy, running the ball like crazy, catching the ball like crazy, both of them. Can that happen again? Is he going to come back and fit like a glove? Or is he going to take a dip in production as well? I thought it would work out and it would it would be great. Kamara could get his receiving yards and Ingram would be the, the bulldog rusher. But now after that performance, Kamara just put on 19 carries, 134 yards, three touchdowns. He had a sick 49-yard run. He just looked great. His and last I, touchdown, he literally ran out of the stadium. He sprinted into the tunnel and just left. That was it. And I, he literally went to the, to the locker room. I was laughing so hard when I saw that reel. It was hilarious. He was so confident at that point. He was like, I'm out. That's it. Game over. I'm done. If the game's not over, it's over for me. I'm out. I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, yeah. He looked great. I think he's going to make Sean Payton think about what he's going to do with Mark Ingram and maybe think, all right, we have to ease this guy in. See I what Kamara's got. I see Ingram know? taking a lot of goal line touches and maybe some third down when it comes to certain plays. But like you said, Kamara is so dominant. A quick note that we have on Kamara He's the first NFL player in history with 1,000 rushing yards and 1,000 receiving yards in his first 20 career games. It's insane. We talk about the modern running back, especially for fantasy football, and that you need to be able to catch the ball out of the backfield. He's able to do both seamlessly, both at the exact same production, and he's the only person in NFL history that's been able to do it this quickly. Mark Ingram's coming back. Yes, Mark Ingram, if he's on your team, you should be excited that you have a running back of some value coming back. But I agree with you. Let's not get too excited that it's going to be the same Ingram as last year because of Kamara's progression and because this offense is continued to move on without him and they found ways to be productive without Ingram in the lineup. They're going to find ways to reincorporate him, but I don't see him coming and being a focal point of this offense because they don't need it necessarily. He's just going to add, and I think it's going to only be in certain situations. Do you agree? I think Ingram, yeah, he's going to be that goal line back, but I, I think that's going to be about it for now until Kamara slows down a bit or Ingram starts really taking advantage of the carries he's got. Yeah, no, I totally agree. We have the list of defensive players, too. Obviously, they don't affect fantasy all too much, but one of them I wanted to chime on. Jimmy Smith from the Ravens, Vontez Perfect from the Bengals, Corey Lugit from the Chargers, Thomas Davis from the Panthers, and more players returning, David Irving, Josh Morrow, Daryl Worley, Victor Bolden Jr., Kentrell Brothers, Rashard Robinson, and Robert Turbin. One player I want to chime on, Jimmy Smith, cornerback for Baltimore. It's a big deal that he's coming back. I don't think people realize how much they've been missing with Jimmy Smith not in the lineup. And the Ravens are the second best overall defense right now. And they're adding Jimmy Smith back. You need to stay away from the defense 
of Baltimore every time you see them on fantasy. If you have matchups, I don't care who it is, unless it's one of your absolute stars, that it's matchup proof. It doesn't matter. He's your auto lock of the year. Like we were talking with a possible Pat Mahomes or someone that you have, a Kamara possibly. But if you're seeing the Ravens, you need to not feel good about that player because they're amazing against the run, amazing against the pass, fourth overall in the league against both, and second overall as a defense. And they're adding, in my opinion, the best member of their secondary right now. So stay away from Baltimore if you ask me. Uh, let's move on to our Le'Veon Bell talk. And big news dropped yesterday. He's supposed to be returning to the Steelers week seven for their bye back on the field by week eight. What is going on, man? This is, uh, well, for, first off, we talked to Andrew about this, I believe, and he said it was probably going to be six or seven games. It might have been him or it was uh, Andy Singletary. And uh, he, one of them was saying it was going to be six or seven games, which is crazy because it's seven. So I see that now, and I know that you haven't been high on Le'Veon this whole time because of all of this that you kind of predicted before it actually went down. Do you think he's going to come back and play for the Steelers, or do you think he's traded by the bye week? Because in my gut feeling, he's not going to be a Steeler, and if he is, the offensive linemen are going to take a nap when they say hike and let him just get clobbered. What do you think? You know, I really think it's going to come down to how their record is and what's going on. If James Conner's really not doing anything for him like he has been for the last two weeks, then I think the linemen could kind of have to take it take it for the team and be like, you know what, this guy could help us get to the playoffs. This guy could actually help us get a ring, and we want a ring more than we want to spike him, you know? Right. So, I mean, I, I, after, I after week one, James Conner had a massive game. He had, uh, I believe it was over 130 yards, two different touchdowns on the ground. Everyone was saying, Le'Veon who? Who cares if he's even on the team? And then the game after that, he was averaging, I believe, less than two yards a carry. Didn't even put up 20 yards. Then he had a decent game week three. And then last week, same scenario. Didn't even put up 20 yards. Yes, he's catching three, four passes out of the backfield. But the production's not... Le'Veon Bell production and that's what people were saying in the beginning let's just plug and play this is just going to be the next man up and it's not because Le'Veon is a special player and when he's on the field he's debatably the best player in the league if not top three maybe top five if you're critical but that's when he's playing and when he's healthy so magical on the field so when we see him coming back I expect him to not be in a Steelers uniform by the end of the year I think that this just too much has happened so far too many bridges have been burned and he needs to get a new start somewhere like the Jets or someone that can trade valuable assets for him and he can get a new start yes the Steelers have a great offense but the Steelers have a great offense without him not that they because they do need him it's Le'Veon Bell I'm just saying if they want to move pieces around without him moving forward you know you got big ben leading the entire nfl in passing yards with over 1400 yards so far you are fine it's just i'm talking about for the future too for right now like you said with record yeah if you want to put a guy in and think you can win some games sure but is he your long-term answer after everything that just went down absolutely not there's not a chance in this world that he sticks around past this year in my opinion so, so you're telling me if they go on they don't lose a game till he gets back Antonio Brown's balling Big Ben's balling James Conner's just kind of blocking not not being efficient but being all right enough to keep him on a win streak and they go into a bye and Le'Veon comes back you don't think 
they would want him and maybe think they could make one final run. No, that's that's what I'm saying. I said if they can win some games and put him in, they're going to yeah. do so. But he's not going to end the year in a Steelers uniform, in my opinion. I think he's coming back now because, one, he's losing money every single game that he doesn't play. Money's valuable. But you saw it with Earl Thomas literally Sunday. Now he's injured for the year. There's a reason why he was holding out. There's a reason why he wasn't playing for the Seahawks. He wanted to protect his value and go make his money, go get that long-term contract that he deserved, that stability, that security. And he said, you know what, I'll take it for the team. And he went out and played, and now he's injured for the whole year, and the contract isn't tradable, and no one's going to want to go for him now, and he's going to have to ride it out. The Seahawks are without the best safety in the league, in my opinion. And now you have to just let him walk, and he's not going to be able to get the same value on a contract because a team is going to give him a low-ball contract because of now this injury. So you just screwed exactly. him. You screwed him. You just screwed yourself. And your team, yeah. It was yeah. a lose-lose for that. It was 100% just, lose-lose. So in, and now you see it with Le'Veon and everyone that's like, damn, man, you're being selfish. You need to go out there. Is he? Is he being selfish? <laughs> or is he being smart? Because he is a genius, in my opinion, because he knows his value, and he isn't a defensive player. He is a skill... Running backs have short lifespans. Exactly. He's a skill position player. He's a running back. He's a bulldog. And he runs like a receiver, too. He's constantly cutting. He's the kind of guy that you need him on the field to be successful, and you need him to stay healthy. And if he gets injured, and he's on a franchise tag, that entire career could be ruined. That's just how football is with non-guaranteed contracts and all of this bullshit with the franchise tag. Sorry of my explicit opinion. I just don't like how the contracts are set up in the NFL. There is no player interest in mind. There is no let's protect the player. It's team, 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 team. And it's not even team, team anymore. It's league, league, league. And it's unfortunate to see as football fans to see guys like Earl Thomas go down in this unfortunate situation. When I heard in rumors that they actually just lowered the asking price for him and the Chiefs and a few other teams were putting together offers to try and land him the next week. That's what I heard. And he went down. It's awful timing. And I'm worried that's going to be the same thing with Le'Veon. So I'm glad he's coming back. But what happens if he goes down? He still hasn't gotten anything he's asked for. They didn't trade him. It's what now? You were injured. So I see him taking this year very carefully and not going full on Le'Veon Bell and balls to the wall because what happens when an Earl Thomas situation pops up? Le'Veon literally commented on Earl Thomas's Instagram last night of the picture of him flipping off his own team, leaving on a stretcher, flipping off his own sideline. That shows the like how he feels about that team in that situation. Le'Veon pretty much commented agreeing, pretty much telling him, you know, gassing him up, feeling his situation because they're in a similar one. So Le'Veon's not a stupid man. I hope people don't think he is. And I don't think he's going to come back full Le'Veon. And I don't think he's going to come back for the whole season as a Steeler. But you are 100% right, Adam. If you could put him in and win games and figure out a way to get past it, do it. You know, it's that's Le'Veon that we're talking about. And if you still have him and you have to hold him hostage and put him back there, that's better than obviously how James Conner has ran for the majority of the year. I actually made a trade for him in another league. Uh, it's a 16-man league. You only start one running back, uh, one flex, two receivers. 
And I traded uh, Kamara and Kenny Stills for... Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. I traded Travis Kelsey and Tyler Boyd for uh, Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, I was, about to, I, was about, I was about to kick your ass through the phone when you said Kamara. I was like, what are you well, doing? I did, hey, I did trade Kamara, though. And then I traded Kamara and Kenny Stills for Ezekiel. Elliott okay, and but that, that one I can live with. But I thought you meant with Le'Veon. <laughs> I was about to just slap you. <laughs> but yeah, no. I made Le'Ve- the two trades right at the time, and it was... Good, good timing. I actually traded James Conner after his week three performance in one of my leagues, not knowing, obviously, that Le'Veon was coming back. I just had a feeling that the magic was starting to go away a little bit, and I traded him after week three, and of course, another dud on week four, and I feel very good about my return. I'm happy with that. Still happy about my AG Green trade for Jarvis Landry and Nelson Aguilar, even though Aguilar isn't putting up the same numbers. It was Jarvis Landry for AJ Green. I see similar value, and Aguilar was just the cherry on top. So I'm a happy man. That's great. AJ Green's got injury problems, and Jarvis Landry with Baker Mayfield's looking awesome. That entire Browns offense, I'm a big fan of. Let's move past the suspensions, past Le'Veon Bell, and into some fantasy trends that we're kind of seeing so far. I want to ask you what you've noticed kind of around fantasy so far, because I have a lot of notes here. One, I'll start off with just about NFL offenses in general. They're averaging 26 touchdowns per game this season, which is an 18% increase from last season, which was 2.2. Yo, that's a big difference. 18% in total touchdowns around the league. That's a huge deal. That means that everyone is passing the ball like crazy, running the ball like crazy, scoring the ball like crazy. What's going on? What's the change? Do you do you have any hypothesis for why it took such a jump this year? I think everyone just wants to be more explosive, and it's just kind of a high-scoring NFL now, everyone's passing it more. You see defenses aren't really as strong as as they were back in like the 80s, 90s, even early 2000s. I mean, I guess the Jaguars last year, but that that was it. And then maybe the Seahawks and Broncos, but everyone, they fade. So the Jaguars aren't really the Jaguars we saw last year. I would would say that the Jaguars are still really good. I would say I agree with you. They're not exactly the same as last year because I don't think any defense is exactly the same as last year. Look at the Rams and Vikings Thursday night, for example. Those are yeah, cons- that, was, that th- was crazy. Those are considered two of the best defenses in the league, if not the best two defenses in the league besides Jacksonville. Going up against each other, putting up over 400 yards each for the quarterbacks, throwing up crazy numbers, a shootout. I didn't expect this at all. And maybe one of the defenses to step up and show their identity but you didn't see anything. You just saw offense, offense, offense. And we're talking fantasy football here. So we are excited. We're happy men. But when you talk about football, something's changed. And I'm just trying to figure out what has. And I think my hypothesis was Sean McVay came to the NFL and everyone got jealous. Everybody said, wow, this guy literally took a high school offense of the jet sweep every single time. It's a high school college hybrid, but it's where you send the guy on a jet sweep every single time and run it. It's not exactly a college with a double, triple option, but you run a jet sweep every time and you try and run the read off that. And they're doing it to success, to beautiful success. They're setting records. This is Sean McVay's league. He's the one that's came in, and he's having fun with it. He's got Gurley who can catch balls. He's got every single person on this offense performing at a high level. He's making Jared Goff look like a Hall of Famer. So what I'm saying is I think he came in here, showed that you can run this league a little bit differently, turned the Rams from zero to hero, and now everyone is making offensive adjustments. Let's talk Chiefs as well. The Chiefs were tied 
for the league lead with 15 offensive touchdowns before even playing the Monday night week four game. Can you believe that? It's that shows insane their offenses. Give me your thoughts on Pat Mahomes because he's just balling out. I know yesterday he threw a left-handed pass for a first down. He did his rushing touchdown like me and you were talking about. He's got that part of his game that he didn't unleash yet. He finally scored with his legs yesterday. Give me your reaction of Pat Mahomes. He reminds me of myself when I'm playing my playing Oh, Madden, really? You know? He reminds like you a, of myself. I like love a that. Madden player. I, like uh, myself playing as someone at Madden. It's crazy. He can throw on the run. He just throws in weird positions, but he makes perfect spirals, perfect passes. He looks like the real deal, and I, I think he's going to win a Super Bowl one day, and maybe more than one. That guy can has a rocket arm. He just has vision. With Andy Reid, I think he can he can help Andy Reid get his first ring. It's Andy Reid's the answer in this whole equation for me because we keep talking about how he is a quarterback whisperer, and Pat Mahomes is a great quarterback with a lot to learn still. And yes, they're going to figure him out at some point. You saw Deshaun Watson, some of these guys. There becomes a point where they have to adjust because defenses learn their game. They learn how to stop them, or at least try to. And Pat Mahomes hasn't hit that yet. But like we've said, he just unleashed his ability to run lately. He's finally hitting other targets. He's not even relying on Tyree Kill anymore. It's spreading the ball like crazy. He's showing how efficient he is, and I love this offense. And with Kareem Hunt scoring that game-winning touchdown, that's helping his fantasy value as well. He's had an up-and-down year. Kareem Hunt's been a little bit more consistent of late. Scoring that game-winner really just put that icing on top of it for me because I really wanted to see him have a breakout game or at least yeah, do something yeah, in this exactly. offense. Yeah, like- exactly. If Kareem Hunt can start playing how he was last year, that makes teams have to account for him too exactly. in the runs. So Ima- imagine that, imagine just... Kareem Hunt last year with Pat Mahomes this year. That's unsto- <laughs> unstoppable. And then you got Tyree Carroll yeah. running a three-three forty or whatever he runs. <laughs> It's not even real. And then you got Kelsey, who's just an absolute stud. He's taking your girlfriend after the game, too. And then you got Watkins, just that talented oh, speak- I mean, Watkins had the hamstring, though. Let me tell you a couple things I saw on Twitter. Matthew Barry, a guy I love to follow on ESPN, he's really funny, uh, covers fantasy. He had two people reply to him with pictures of their matchup. And they were down by, this was two different people, down by point one, point one, And they had Sammy Watkins in each. And he scored zero points for them and went out with a with an injury. And they sent the screenshots to him, and it was just a heartbreak. Like, look, all I needed, yeah. all I needed him was to take One two, catch. yeah, just take two steps, just go out there and just do something for me. And he got zero points, got knocked out of the game, and they lost lost those he weeks. He played a full quarter and a half. <laughs> yeah, so. that's it. Was just heartbreaking to see those on Twitter because I can only imagine how pissed I would have been. My phone would have had oh. to get a brand new screen the next day if that was me (laughs) let's uh so i got some more notes here we got julio jones he's on pace for a ridiculous 2008 yards and zero touchdowns are you serious calvin ridley man yeah i mean yeah dude jones hasn't scored since week 12 of last year week 12 and you're talking calvin ridley he's got multiple touchdowns in consecutive games Julio Jones has one multi-touchdown reception effort in his last 47 regular season games. I don't know what's going on. I don't know if Sarkeesian just has a fetish for Ridley and, you know, or if Julio Jones is just legit allergic to the end zone. He's putting up crazy numbers. He even caught a Hail Mary yesterday and didn't score. It's actually hilarious at this point. So for Julio Jones owners, you want those touchdowns and 
It's crazy to see. Another one I want to see if you have a hypothesis on for this. Why is it Ridley getting all of this and not Julio Jones? Is this a Sarkeesian thing with just the way that he's calling plays? Because Matt Ryan's having one of the best years of his career. Julio Jones is definitely benefiting from the receiving yards, but he can't score for the life of him. What's going on? It could be, but I definitely think it's kind of a team thing. I think Tevin Coleman's really stepped up in the absence of Devonta Freeman. I think Calvin Ridley's really shown he was a first-round draft pick. Mohamed Sanu has certainly got his fair share of targets, and Matt Ryan's just started to play like the Super Bowl quarterback he is. Matt Ryan has pretty much exact numbers to his MVP season right now, at least for statistics and for fantasy points through this many weeks. They're pretty much identical to his MVP season. And there's not even a chance in this absolute world that he'll win MVP this year because of how the offense is laid out. He is sixth in the league in passing yards. He's got over 1,300 yards through four weeks. That's a ton of yards and he's sixth in the league. That says exactly how the offense is playing out right now. And it doesn't matter how much Matt Ryan does this year. He's not going to win the MVP. That's just my bold prediction. I'm also not a huge Matt Ryan fan, but he is a very good quarterback and deserves respect, especially after the numbers that he's putting up this year. And Calvin Ridley should be an extremely happy man that he got drafted into such a great position. Calvin Ridley's taking advantage perfectly. He is the perfect fit next to Julio Jones because they're not the same exact receiver and they're adding a lot to this offense. Let's talk a Golden Tate Lions stat that I know you'd love to hear. In a heavily used three wide receiver set, Golden Tate is currently handling a 26.1% target share, which would easily beat his previous career high of 24.4 that he set in 2014. This is Golden Tate's career year doesn't matter if you have Galladay there. doesn't matter if you have Marvin Jones. doesn't matter how well Ebron's playing. Stafford's a boss, and Golden Tate is his number one guy. Back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons. That's not going to stop. It's going to happen again this year. He's on my fantasy team. So, yes, I was extremely happy that he put up those two tubs this last week, and I traded him for Cooper Cup the two weeks prior. And, yes, Cooper Cup had a great week last week, but I'll take Golden Tate over Cooper Cup 12 out of 10 times. So I'm still super happy about that. Give me your thoughts on the Lions and this three wide receiver set. And I want to hear how you feel about Tate, how you feel about Galladay, and how you feel about Marvin Jones. I really think it's going to be matchup dependent each game. But I think Golden Tate is kind of showing he is the number one. And he's kind of showing people that no. Kenny Galladay's, he's not the real deal. I'm the real deal. Not to mention he's playing on a contract year, so yeah. I, I think he's going to be gone from the Lions, though, next year, which is kind of sad, but we have Kenny Galladay blossoming. I definitely think he's could be just as good as Golden Tate, just kind of a different So different. Thing. It's just like, you know, Galladay is more of a Megatron kind of body, yeah, not exactly, exactly the same, but then you got Golden Tate, who's such a slot receiver. I think Marvin Jones kind of falls to the third best fantasy receiver on this team. I agree. I think talent-wise, he honestly could be the best, but fantasy purposes, I think he's number three. He got six targets this week, three catches, 56 yards, but that was about it. Uh, Galladay caught four catches on all four of his targets, and Golden Tate received the bulk of the load with eight targets. Yeah, I mean, Kenny Galladay, I like him a lot in this offense because... He's able to make those impossible catches. He's so athletic that he helps out Matthew Stafford. But with Marvin Jones, he's like their big play guy, I guess you can call him. I guess he's your long shot guy. 
And he's the guy, if I'm going to throw a streak with any of those three, I'm going to probably run it with Marvin Jones. I'm not confident with that answer. I'd still almost rather go Tate or Galladay. I don't want Marvin Jones on my fantasy team. The Lions, they don't have a Sean McVay. They have a Jim Bob, they have a Jim Bob Cooter. Matt Patricia. They have a Jim Bob Cooter. Let's get real there. But they are a good they are a good offense, and they always have been a high-rate offense with Stafford. And I want to hear your opinion really quick on on Johnson. He just needs to get played more, and I, I really don't understand why Patricia hasn't noticed it yet that this guy's kind of a stud, and we drafted him. We moved up in the draft from the second round for all reason for him, and Garrett Blunt has done nothing. He had seven carries for 12 yards this year. Exactly. on Johnson showed he can be that beast of a runner, showing that he can. He ran over Jeff Heath on that touchdown run. Yeah, he, he did. Literally and, injured him. And that's and that's a, a hundred. Uh, it's a hundred yards the week before, and then a touchdown this last Touched, week. Exactly. Yeah. Only on nine carries, he he deserves more, and I think it'll help Stafford more if. Teams have to focus on him. I can't remember the last time the Lions have had a very consistent, solid running back for a while. Reggie, Reggie Bush, man. He had one wow. thousand year, but other than that, it Reggie goes back Bush. to like Kevin Smith, Barry Sanders. Yeah. I, I Kevin Smith. Remember. I was going to say, I think the last person I can remember is Kevin Smith. So on Johnson, someone that is an exciting player out of Auburn, a guy that's a big play guy. And you're right, Matt Patricia, open your eyes and play him a little bit more for fantasy owners. Blunt, put him in when you have one yard to go with the end zone. Put him in on third and inches, but that's it. That's all Blunt should be doing. That's all he's good at. He's not your three down back. He's never been. He is an old school running back and he doesn't fit in the modern NFL. So you need to put him in the positions that he does fit in, the goal line spots. But you need someone that's a lot more versatile on the field 75% of the time, 80% of the time, and that's on Johnson. Deshaun Watson, three straight games with 310-plus passing yards and multiple touchdowns and 35 rushing yards at least. He's the only active NFL quarterback with a streak like that. But that's very good numbers for fantasy. You're putting up over 300 yards, multiple passing touchdowns, and over 35 rushing yards in three straight games. That's QB1 numbers. Can't fight that. At all. I think he's flying a little bit under the radar, he actually. He is. I, I think because of the rough start, and people thought, oh, sophomore yeah. slump, but he's starting to pick up again. Deshaun Watson, it's been a bit of a roller coaster for him with the injuries and the up and down, but he's definitely flying under the radar, and he, if he's on your team, you should be starting him right now. Alvin Kamara, like we said, first NFL player in history with 1,000 rushing yards and 1,000 receiving yards in his first 20 career games. He might be the best fantasy person to have. I mean, if you're looking at these numbers in his first 20 career games, I'm, I'm talking full PPR. He may be the best person to have on your team. Do you agree? I think so, man. I think Ezekiel Elliott could definitely give him a run for his money. Just but, I'm, but I'm talking full point PPR. Full point. I know, but Any other format, I'm going Z. If, if you look at the Cowboys, he... Oh, he's catching he's passes. Been. I know that. I'm just talking Alvin Kamara... A thousand rushing yards and a thousand receiving yards in twenty career games. That I'll have is... to see it when Mark Ingram comes back. It'll be that'll be the test. But I I definitely think he could keep up his production. It's going to yeah. be interesting, though. I agree. That's a good point that you made with Mark Ingram coming back. We're just going to have to see how that goes. But Ezekiel Elliott, who we love, he is balling up. 426 yards on the ground, leading the league. It's been over a calendar year he hasn't rushed for a touchdown or 100 yards in a game that he's played, one or the other. So he is NFL's number one running back right now. This is a guy that you were high on, number one on your big board, and a guy that I got extremely lucky on, falling to me in three different leagues at number five overall. 
So thank you guys for being stupid. I appreciate it. Carlos Hyde now has 15-plus carries and a rushing touchdown in six straight games. That's the longest streak in the NFL since LaDainian Tomlinson did so in 2006. Yo, you're talking LT? That's great company to have there. Carlos Hyde, have yourself a stat. That is crazy. And we were just talking the last week. He had a kid. It was his birthday. He turned 28. He you know, had two touchdowns when Baker came in. He's got this streak going on right now. Carlos Hyde is living right now. I'm a Carlos Hyde fan, and his life is great. Are you a Carlos Hyde running back one believer, or do you still believe he holds high RB2 value? I still think he's a high RB2 just because I agree. what Nick Chubb did. Just be, Everyone saw him. He got 105 yards, three carries. He showed his potential. He showed why he was drafted as high as he was, even yes. with Carlos Hyde still on the team. I still think he's going to just be a little bit just enough to keep Hyde out of that RB1. But if Nick Chubb were to go down, I I think Carlos Hyde could be RB1. Yeah, he's doing great. And he's one of those running backs, unfortunately for Chubb and the other guys on that team, Hyde is a guy that you need to give multiple carries a game, and he gets better as the game goes on, as he wears the defense down. So once he gets to 12 to 15 carries, then he really starts to get in his groove. And then you hit him to 20, 25 carries, and then he's really pounding on this defense. He's a guy like Royce Freeman on the Broncos, who they're not helping his value at all. Because Philip Lindsay, yes, he's 10th in the league in rushing yards, but Freeman scored each of the last three games. And Freeman's a guy just like Carlos Hyde. You have to give him touches throughout the game, constantly wearing down the defense. But it comes with volume. He's a volume guy. And just like Carlos Hyde, the more volume you take away, the less productive he's going to be. He's not going to do what Chubb did and make the most out of three carries, for example. You can see why they drafted Chubb, even with having Duke Johnson Jr. there, who's explosive out of the backfield. Carlos Hyde is their guy. I don't see that changing, but like you said, RB2 with a you know high upside is right where I would rank him also. Let's talk a little bit of tight ends really quick because tight ends that I loved, I keep saying Trey Burton week in and week out and stay on it. After a really, really hard week one, he's caught nine out of his last 10 targets for two touchdowns and that's productive numbers. And yes, I know that's three weeks 10 targets. It's not a ton. Two touchdowns in those, and you see what Trubisky's becoming. You see what he's doing with his offense now. Trey Burton's a guy I've always told you to stay with, a guy I'm going to continue to tell you to stay with. So much upside for Trey Burton, a guy that I finally love seeing that starting to work out for him in this Bears offense. And Zach Ertz just eating up targets again. Still hasn't scored a touchdown. He's had an uptick in targets every single week, especially with Wentz returning. Hasn't scored. I can promise you he's going to score this week. I'm going to put my money down on this week. If you're a Ertz owner, hit me on DM at Perry Aston on Twitter. If he doesn't score, you can just torch me to shreds. But I'm going to give you my personal guarantee on this one this week. I just I'm have, going to hold you to that, man. Yeah, I, have, I just got this gut feeling Ertz is going to find the end zone. I and, think he will too, though. I yeah. think I think it's time. So he gets. Too many targets, too many receptions. And it's, it's just burning in my stomach, this feeling. like It's like you need to make this promise to your listeners, and I just I have to do it. So if I'm wrong, I'm totally fine just admitting that I'm an idiot, but I honestly think he's scoring this week, so take my word on that one. I uh, just want to go through the passing leaders and the rushing leaders really quick. And so you have a feeling of how much volume this offense is putting out around the league right now. Big Ben, 1,400 yards, 1,414 to be exact. Jared Goff, 1406. Three, Kirk Cousins with 1387. Four, Derek Carr with 1376. 
five. Ryan Fitzpatrick with 13.56. Matt Ryan, 13.16. Drew Brees, 12.95. Joe Flacco, 12.52. Deshaun Watson, 12.46. Matt Stafford, 12.02. I even put Pat Mahomes there for 11 because I wanted to show you that Pat Mahomes was at 11. It shows exactly how this league is going right now. He's at 11 with 1,200 yards right behind Matt Stafford, but he's not even cracking the top 10, Pat Mahomes, with the kind of arm that he has and the kind of year that he's having. That shows that everybody else is having a year as well. I'm going to read off the rushing leaders. Ezekiel Elliott, number one, 426. Gurley, 338. Breida, 313. Marshawn Lynch with 300. Hunt with 289. Make sure to go onto our Twitter page and go retweet our tweet, follow us, and follow Adam for your chance to win a Cream Hunt signed hat. Had to throw that in there. Congrats on that game-winning touchdown last night, boy. Hyde at number 6, 285. 7, Gordon, 276. Kamara at 8 with 275. McCafferty with 271. And 10, Philip Lindsay, 267. A guy that's not getting his fantasy value helped either with Royce Freeman picking up touchdowns every single week for the last three weeks. There's nothing really much that he can do about that. Let's just move on straight to our waiver wire segment, our fire waiver wire. And I want to start with you and some of your guys that are high on your list this week for your waiver priority claims. I like Taiwan Taylor just because the departure of Rashard Matthews. He really didn't do a whole lot this week, but I still think he's a guy to keep your eye on. I got our fire waiver wire whole thing right here. Mitch Trubinsky is at top with Taylor Gabriel, both of them from Chicago. Trubinsky put up, I believe it was five touchdowns last week, might have been six. Just a crazy week. Gabriel, I picked him up last week on the waiver wire. I actually picked up another guy that you just named, Taiwan Taylor, as well. So both these guys already comfortable on my roster after last week. These are guys that if they're still on there for you, you grab them now. Another guy I like real quick would be Kiki Kati. Kiki, do you love me? Yeah. Are you riding for Houston? All right, keep going. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, no, man. Hey, he looked good. He, he racked to the targets. I mean, he didn't really get a touchdown, but he had 100 yards plus. Deshaun Watson definitely looked his way. I'm not sure if it was just he took advantage of a bad defense. He took advantage of a long-played game with overtime where it was just real high scoring or what. But I definitely think you got to keep your eye on this guy. Yeah, I mean, um, he was making his rookie debut, and he had 15 targets. He caught 11 passes for 109 yards. Like you said, he didn't find the end zone, but... That's high volume, especially in PPR. You're talking 11 catches for 109 yards. That's a game. So that's a guy to look out for now, even though Will Fuller, I believe he scored in every single game so far with Deshaun Watson this year. Yeah, he's just an absolute, he's an absolute beast. And it sucks for guess who? Hopkins. That's a guy that I sold high on two weeks ago. And I know everyone's like, oh man, you're crazy. You're selling you're selling Hopkins and you're selling AJ Green in another league on the same week. And I said, why am I doing that, guys? Why am I doing it? I know exactly why I'm doing it. And you guys should know why you're doing it too. These are names that are household names. Guys that you have to draft high. But then after a week or two, and you see other players around the league succeeding and putting up similar volume, you can sell these names 
so high for people that are less educated than you. People that honestly just get excited to have Hopkins on their team, have an AJ Green on their team, no matter what the injuries are that year, no matter what it might look like for projection-wise, the receivers around them, they're not going to look at anything. They're just going to look at the fact that you're offering them Hopkins, and they're going to accept it and give you back a beautiful yield that if you can word that out correctly, I think that's the way to go for fantasy. Liquidate on your big, big, big name guys and try and spread out your roster as deep as possible. That's how I look at it. If you got a big name guy, sell on him now before it's too late. Uh, D.D. Westbrook and Dante Moncrief, both of them from Jacksonville. Both of them had great games. Moncrief scored. Westbrook with another over 100-yard game. Who would you rather have between the two of them on your fantasy team? Certainly, D.D. is definitely probably the guy you'd want for PPR just because of the targets and receptions he gets. But Moncrief has kind of been the touchdown magnet, so to speak. And with Fournette kind of having this hamstring lingering, I think Moncrief could be the guy to own in standard and D.D.'s the guy to own in PPR. Yeah, I like where your head's at. I think for me, I'd have to pick D.D. if I had to go with one of them because of how much more consistent he's been throughout the year. He's just had a little bit more volume, and he's a little bit more of a part of the offense. Like you said, I think Moncrief is finding his way into the end zone, but I think D.D. Westbrook is a guy they rely on a little bit more. I'm going to go D.D. if I had to pick between the two, but it's close. And Moncrief is finally putting up numbers that are worth going for. And look for Blake Bortles and Andy Dalton if you look for quarterback streamers. We're not going to put that on our fire waiver wire, but they're both playing very well and both quarterbacks that are going to be able to fill in for you that week if your quarterback's on a bye or just on a really bad matchup. Look for the two of them. I know last week with Tannehill, it was a really tough matchup to predict. With New England, he's averaged over 300 yards a game the last three games that he played in New England, and then he put up nothing this game, and just probably, I think it was, believe it was negative fantasy points, so be careful with who you're streaming, but a guy like Andy Dalton in such a big offense, make sure you're going to, uh, you know, grab these guys. We're going to move on to Chester Rogers and Zach Pascal, two guys on Indianapolis who broke out with T.Y. Hilton barely playing any of the game with a hamstring. He played, I believe, 40% of the snaps. Luck threw her 62 times. For over that was incredible. 62 times. That's ridiculous. <laughs> over 400 yards and four touchdowns with T.Y. Hilton barely playing. So I would say Andrew Luck, fantasy-wise, the volume is back. If you're an Andrew Luck owner, you should be excited at seeing 62 passing attempts. It shows that the running game sucks, first off, and that they're trying to get Andrew Luck back to how Andrew Luck used to be. But let's talk these two receivers because Rodgers had 11 targets and Pascal had 10 and a touchdown. So the two of these guys, yes, they took advantage of Andrew Luck's massive passing game and T.Y. Hilton not playing very much. You see how hamstrings are really hurting the league right now. Fournette re-injured his hamstring and so many other guys re-injured their... Dalvin Cook. Yeah, Dalvin Cook. They re-injured this hamstring. It's not very... I believe it was Will Fuller too. He injured his hamstring, re-injured his hamstring. So... You got to be really careful with these injuries. A guy like Dr. Jesse Morse on our last episode was telling us to be very weary of a lot of these guys when they're coming back from hamstring injuries because it's such an easy, high risk for re-injury. And you can see that now, but we're talking the waiver wire here. So look for these two guys, Chester Rogers and Zach Pascal, especially with T.Y. Hilton. I'm not confident with him next week with the hamstring, with how he barely played this week. And so on Thursday Night Football. Too. That's what I was going to say, too. In Thursday Night Football, it's a short week, so he's not going to have a lot of time to recover. I think they're going to play rather safe than sorry. Both these guys should be in a flex option for you if you are in a deeper league or just need some help. What about, what about 
Jordy Nelson. Jordy I Nelson. Know he was dropped in quite a bit of league. You see, that's a guy that I don't. If he's on the waiver wire, I'm grabbing him right now. It's it's just I don't believe he should be on the waiver wire. He should be on someone's bench right now because of the fact that he blew up. I believe it was two weeks ago or three weeks ago, and then he blew up. He didn't blow up, but he had a very very good game again this last week. And the Raiders are a top five offense this year. Yes, their defense is atrocious. Yes, John Gruden is stupid at times. But, you know, passing yards and rushing yards, they're not doing bad at all. Lynch is fourth in the league in rushing, and Derek Carr's fourth in the league in passing. You're doing your job there, and I honestly believe that at this point, that's, uh, I don't know, it's just John Gruden. It's just, it's tough for me there. Let's let's move on to uh, Nick Chubb, a guy that you were bringing up. I want to hear your thoughts on Chubb and if he can keep any of his fantasy value moving forward or if he's going to get shot down from Chubb and from Duke Johnson. I definitely think he's going to get looked at a little bit more. I definitely think Hugh Jackson will maybe give him a few more carries, at least more than three. Granted, he ripped yes. off one for yes. 61 yards and yes. two touchdowns and kind of showed that he's this good running back. Even though Hyde is producing very well. I still think Chubb can maybe come in and start taking a couple carries away here and there from Hyde and slowly eat away at his efficiency. Yeah, I totally agree. Wendell Smallwood, a guy that is a sneaky ad. He's on the Eagles just because of the running back injury problems that they have there. You are dealing with Ajay, who is in and out of the lineup. You're dealing with the same thing with Sproles, dealing with the same thing with Clement. And he's honestly been very consistent, Wendell Smallwood. He averaged over seven yards a carry this last game. And he's constantly got to believe it was at least five yard, five carries in each game so far. He's not getting massive production, but when he is touching the ball, he's doing good things with it. And I like him on my team with how banged up the Eagles running backs are. The more that this week, the more the weeks move forward, I think Wendell Small is going to surpass Corey Clement on the depth chart, no matter what. And I also think he's going to easily surpass Sproles, but that's because Sproles is only used as a scat back in, in certain things. Uh, so let's move on to Corey Grant on Jacksonville. I obviously would have put T.Y. Yeldon, but there's no reason why T.Y. Yeldon should be on anyone's waiver wire right now. He should be on a team, especially since Fournette hasn't played much at all, and this has been the clear guy after him. If he is out there, go grab Yeldon, of course. But Corey Grant is a sneaky ad as well for this week. Antonio Gates from the Chargers tight end finally scored this last week and yes it's nothing crazy with volume but tight ends are a wasteland if you're looking for a guy to put in Antonio Gates has a career the pedigree he's got the rapport with Rivers it's not a bad ad if you're looking for a tight end streamer Alfred Blue on Houston yes Lamar Miller is starting to lose the starting job we got Foreman coming back in a couple weeks anyways and I was just talking about this the other day with Lamar Miller's struggles and just the fact that he was still at least seeing RB1 volume, at least with carries. He saw, that I believe, the same amount of carries as Alfred Blue last week, and Alfred Blue outperformed him by far. We're starting to see this shift, and if you see Alfred Blue on the waiver wire, you should grab him. He, I believe, is going to be the starter coming up pretty soon. That's my personal opinion. And the last one on the list, someone you already named, Taiwan Taylor on Tennessee with Rashard Matthews leaving and with Mariota's health starting to come back, it seems like a perfect fit. And if you're a Corey Davis owner, it's a great time for you right now. You should be very happy. Let's move on from that to our rankings or stardom sit I'm going to let you start with yours. I know you did some rankings this week. I know we switched it up. want to hear yours, and I'll read mine right after or just comment on yours. All right, I'll start with the quarterbacks. Um, I have number one, Cam Newton. 
number two, Carson Wentz. Three, Pat Mahomes. Four, Matt Bryan. Five, Ben Roethlisberger. Six, Stafford. Seven, Drew Brees. Eight, Deshaun Watson. Nine, Jared Goff. And ten, Philip Rivers. Okay. I like that. I like that a lot. Pretty much for me, I'm going to just kind of comment off your rankings. I have Big Ben a lot higher. I have him as my number one quarterback this week. Playing Atlanta. Okay. A, a very thin, thin defense. And Atlanta with Matt Ryan playing very well. I see game script going in Atlanta's favor. And I actually see them winning this game. And if not, it being an absolute shootout until the end. I see Big Ben still just throwing the ball like crazy. And he still has James Conner back there. There's no Le'Veon change yet or anything like that. Big Ben's number one in the league in passing. And I think it's going to continue. Yes, he hasn't been the most efficient quarterback in the league. But he's been a huge fantasy quarterback for anyone that's been able to get lucky enough to have Big Ben this year. So that's just the only major change that I have. And I also have Matt Ryan as number three this week because of the same reason for Big Ben. But that would really be the only two major changes I have from yours. I have Cam Newton as my number two. So I'm really Great. big on yeah, Cam, Newton, Cam Newton too. So against the Giants, I think he's going to succeed this week. Who, let's hear your running back rankings. Number one, Todd Gurley, of course. He's just been number one every week. Two, Melvin Gordon. Three, Ezekiel Elliott. Four, Kamara. Five, Christian McCaffrey. Six, Saquon Barkley. Seven, Joe Mixon. I think he's going to return and beat Joe Mixon again. Okay. Eight, David Johnson. Nine, Carlos Hyde. And ten, Adrian Peterson. Okay, where's our boy Kareem Hunt? Is it because he's playing Jacksonville? <laughs> yeah, I think Jacksonville, that front line's just too good. And I think Mahomes, Mahomes will get it done there. Yeah, he's, he's going to get it, He's gonna get eaten up. I totally agree. I have a, actually a pretty similar list to yours. Uh, Gurley's my number one. I have Melvin Gordon as my number two. I have Ezekiel Elliott as my number three. Kamara as my four. McCafferty as my five. Barkley as my six. David Johnson, uh, Marshawn Lynch, and Carlos Hyde. Yeah, nice. <laughs> yeah, he is an RB1 for me this week. I know he's playing Baltimore, yep. but I think that he's going to actually have a very good week this week, Carlos Hyde. I it's, think Baker will struggle more. Exactly. That's that's kind of where I was going, I especially with Jimmy Smith coming back. I see them really shutting down the pass game and having to lean more on this running game with Carlos Hyde getting the volume. Like I said, he's a volume guy. He's going to have to really grind out this defense. It's a tough matchup for him, but I still put him in as a top 10 running back for me this week. Ingram is a guy that I don't want to rank at all this yeah, week. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I just he can be anywhere from like 14th overall or... Yeah. 35th. I, I, I don't even have any idea where to place him this week, just like you said, because we're going to have to see how Kamara really plays out and how he's reincorporated into that offense. Let's hear your wide receiver rankings. One, Antonio Brown. I think that game will just be a shootout. Two, Keenan Allen. Three, Odell. I think he's going to find the end zone finally. Four, Thielen. Five, Julio Jones. Six, DeAndre Hopkins. Seven, Juju Smith-Schuster. Eight, Michael Thomas. Nine, Stephon Diggs. And ten, my boy, Alshon Jeffrey. I think he's going to continue his hot streak and get his chemistry back with Wentz. Michael Thomas at eight. That's a little shocking for me. I have him at four. That would probably be my biggest. I think I think Ingram is going to eat into everyone's production. Okay. A little, just a little bit. I can see it. It's just with Washington, you know, their defense really isn't bad either. So that's another but point. Norm, that, Norman could shadow him. And I yeah. Think Norm, when, I, when Norman's on him, you know. No, no, Washington's defense isn't bad at all. That's why I can see why you have him down a little bit this okay. week. Yeah, I think Washington is very underrated with their passing defense as well. 
I agree with you 100% Odell is scoring this week. That's going to be another one. Let's put my money down on this one too with Ertz. We're going to go Ertz and we're going to go Odell. They're both scoring touchdowns this week. If they don't, come to my DMs, come to my house, kick my ass. I don't care what you do, but I'm giving you my word. They're both scoring this week. Julio Jones, I wish I could say he's going to score this week, but I can't put any promises on that. There's no way I'm putting my name down on Julio Jones and touchdown in the same sentence. Not with how it's going right now. Juju Smith-Schuster, a guy that's extremely interesting for me because I have Antonio Brown as my number one also. Schuster's my eight, and it's so impressive to see what he's been able to do this year. He's the number two receiver on this team, but he's still been putting up top 10 wide receiver numbers. He's been ranked constantly in my top 10 all year, and it's something that's not going to change. So it's crazy that you know we did put up some stats about how many number two wide receivers have scored in the top 10 as fantasy wide receivers on our Twitter, so go check that out. It's more common than you might think. I like Tyreek Hill this week, uh, even though he's playing Jacksonville. I think he's going to take the top off this defense for one long bomb. That's it. I think he's not going to have a very good week with PPR. He's not going to get a lot of receptions, but I do see him scoring a long bomb against this Jacksonville defense up top. I don't know why, but that's just something that I see. I see Tyreek Hill being one of the fastest, most explosive wide receivers and them constantly trying to grind this out with Kareem Hunt and it not going to be working out until they finally run like a very nice play action because Mahomes is going to figure it out. Adam Thielen's a guy that everyone needs to keep their eye on. He has been debatably the most consistent receiver in the league so far. He's not putting up the craziest touchdown stats, but the rapport that he has with Kirk Cousins is insane. He's catching every pass. He's got so many targets, and this is a guy that I don't see slowing down. Yes, I do like having digs as well, and that's such a good one-two punch between the two of them, but I'm more of a Thielen fan, especially since I do more PPR, and he's just got so much volume. One guy that's on my radar as my number 12 this week is Brandon Cooks. So he is a back-end wide receiver one for me this week if you're in a 12-man league. He's playing Seattle, and I think Goff is going to absolutely tear them up, especially with Earl Thomas going down on on top of already depleted defense. I got him right there, and I think he's going to have a great week, Cooks. Look for Cup to have another consistent week, but you're not going to see another two-touchdown game and crazy you know, record-setting stats for him. I think Brandon Cooks is the guy that's going to continue to be their number one, even though they have a perfectly used three wide receiver set. Cooks finally scored last week like I was hoping for, something that I called as well, and I think he's going to continue his play moving forward right now against the Seahawks. I'm so glad that you had rankings this week. I know he usually does a stardom sit him. I usually do my rankings. I like that you had your rankings. I think this worked well. They're very similar too. (laughs) Yeah, no, very similar this week. And I know that with the offenses going around the league right now, You can't have that many bad choices. When you're thinking of fantasy, 11th overall guy in the league, Pat Mahomes, he's throwing 1,200 yards right now. It's record-breaking stuff like we were saying. 2.6 touchdowns per game for each of these offenses around the NFL, an 18% increase from last year. Adam, is there anything else that you wanted to add on? Nah, man. Giving away a cream hunt signed hat. Check me out, you know. Make sure to check out Adam at Everyday FFB for his own personal page. you got to be following that. You also have to be following our page at FFB Unwrapped and retweet the tweet for a chance to win a Kareem Hunt signed Chiefs hat. We're going to be giving that out before the Monday night football game that's played from Mexico City, Chiefs vs. Rams, next month on the 19th. So make sure you go jump on our Twitter and go retweet those and shout us out. We'd love to give that to you, especially if you're a Kareem Hunt fan. Thank you guys so much for joining us today, Adam. It's such a pleasure to have you on with me as always. 
And Always great to be here, man. Fantasy is going crazy right now. We got numbers out of the world right now. I'm a happy man when it comes to fantasy, so I'm 4-0 in my main league, my money league. All the way up top, I'm going to brag a little bit. Shout out all my guys in my fantasy league that aren't as good as me. Shout out you guys. You should listen to my podcast. I'll probably help you guys out a little bit, but I know you guys are stubborn, so it's fine. I'll keep my knowledge to myself and Adam. <laughs> so thank you guys for listening to us. Go follow us on our Twitter page, like we said, at FFB Unwrapped. Follow me on my Twitter page at Perry Aston. You can follow Adam at Everyday FFB. You can listen to our podcast on podcast.com as well as the Apple Podcast app. If you're on there, please make sure to leave us a review and a rating. We much appreciate it. Thank you so much, guys. We'll catch you guys next time.